Welcome to another episode of Ran Out of Talent. I'm your host, Joe Zer Jr., and with me is Ryan Greening. How's it going, Ryan? It's good, Joe. I might uh, I might be a little more awake and alert for this one. Yeah, I'm the opposite, <laughs> but that's <laughs> all right. I just got done with a double class at the gym. So Yeah, you're all about punishing yourself these days. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. What'd you do? What are you paying for? Um, I'm not paying anymore. I bought my lifetime last December, but what I paid for was um, Muay Thai kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, and if I so please, judo. And then like on Sundays on open mat, we throw on the four-ounce gloves and go at it. What's judo? Judo is like jiu-jitsu, but the throws. Okay. Yeah, so sorry for the volume if it's going up and down in your ear. I'm going to try to keep it in one spot this week. What happened last week was there's a volume tracker deal, and it was going up and down, and I don't know how to make it stop. So I'm going to keep my cursor where I want it, and every time it moves, I'm going to click it right away. So, anyways, yeah, it was a rough one today, but it was good. There's fights on tonight. I have to do the rear brakes in the Vic. Yeah, you weren't planning on doing any of this either, right? Because you were supposed to be up at Chill on the Hill. Right, Chill got uh, delayed until they're going to try next week, and unfortunately, I will not be able to be there next week. Sure. It's just, I'm looking forward to racing indoor clay. Oh, okay. But I gotcha. It, it really sucks because um, I, I bought batteries and I had to put them on my credit card and keep them there. I have to let them ride on my credit card now instead of paying it off. Sure. So that always sucks, but I'll let it ride a little bit, pay a little bit of interest on it and batteries to go to go racing next weekend or yes. they're for next weekend because i have one pack between two vehicles right now and that pack the ir is funky like one cell at the end of the race day it's at a good 1.2 the other cells at like a 3.5 for okay ir so it's it's going yeah yeah so i i don't know it is were you, what it is. Were you pulling double duty on your battery last year between the two classes? No, 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 no. What happened was, so last year for the Mini Truggy, I had a Phantom Pack, and then I started buying R1 packs because the Phantom Pack died on me so quickly. Sure. So I, th- that Phantom Pack w- wasn't great. Hmm. That's a, that's a shame. It is. They're not, they're not cheap. No, no. Um, I since they're all around that hundred dollar area, um, I I decided to try the Reedy packs. Um, Alec Hins and Steve Nelson are both like, dude, they're good packs. Give them a try. So I'm gonna give them a try. If they suck, they suck. Cool. Oh, uh, I mean, everything will be good in the mini truggy. For the most, I take part. what Steve says at face value. I I don't think he sugarcoats anything based on you know bias towards associated or anything like that so 
me too. And he he ran down the battery list for me of what Reedy offers. So it it was really nice that I had a list there. And Alec is like, "Eh, try this 5800 pack. And Steve was like, try the 5800. So I ordered a couple 58s. Cool. Yeah. Um, You know what? Since we're talking about batteries, we should talk about um, uh, tariffs and Trinity and SMC raising their prices 10 to 15%. What do you think about I didn't, that? I didn't realize that SMC announced it already as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I I'm not very educated on uh, geopolitical stuff, so I don't know exactly what's going on there and causing that. Um, I know that you know guys like guys like Trinity they they don't do anything not for profit, right? Right. And, and I, that's what he's worried about the most. So, yep. you know, I bet I bet he has his model set as uh, his model's probably set at I need to make X for profit, and he's going to hit X for profit no matter what happens. Sure, I I'm fine with it. Um, the the cost of living goes up every year and I don't have any anything to relate to it business wise but I would assume it's just the same or worse for anybody owning a business so I understand that everything gets more expensive over time I guess I wish that he wouldn't have thrown a veil over it like oh yeah hopefully if things calm down between the US and China things will go back to normal it's like dude you're not going to lower your price back down why you know why would you say something like that i, I was going to say how many times have you seen prices go back down <laughs> exactly maybe with fuel like for your car and it's temporary yep so yeah he's just being earning it's yeah and it's fine yeah whatever the cost of business went up that's unfortunate but don't don't sit there and act like you know you're going to save us some money by dialing it back if somehow the the tariffs are miraculously lifted or something like that. Right, he's never going to whatever. He, he it is what it is. It really is. Yeah. I I would imagine that everybody else is going to have to announce the same thing. Maybe, maybe some Otherwise companies they're eating it. into their own profits. So. Maybe some companies will eat it. I mean, it won't that 10 to 15% it doesn't sound like a lot until you look at it as ten million dollars worth of profit. You lost a million bucks. Sure. I don't know if that's how much Trinity is making. They used to make kind of close to that. I'm I'm super curious what any of these companies make. Not necessarily their their gross profits, but more more net. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well. I don't know what Trinity makes nowadays. Um, I listened to an old Radio Impound podcast with Ernie on it. It was from like 2013. And he was talking about the brush days. And in the brush days, they would make or they would sell 20 to 30,000 brushed motors a month. That's crazy. Doesn't doesn't that just seem. That's hard to wrap your head around, right? It is. But it is. I guess I always I always think 
in a local and national scale. I'm never really thinking on the global scale of RC, sure. just how many people are out there racing. I know. It, it's, it is tough to wrap your head around, though. I mean, think about that and then think about the accessories he has that he sells, the battery he batteries he has that he sells, the apparel. Dude, I'm willing to bet Trinity is the most successful company in the RC business. Sure. So, anyways, yeah. We had a little uh, controversy over last week's episode when we were talking about um, potential cheating going on. Oh, that hit some nerves, did it? It hit a, f- hit a few nerves. Oh, weird. Well, the thing that sucks is we didn't mention names. And we don't mention names on stuff like that intentionally because a lot of that can be hearsay for sure. And with a lot of that, um, people already know. The one person, I heard it through a source of a source of a source. Well, guess what? It wasn't a secret. I literally received about, I would say, 12 to 15, 16 p.m.s. God, I'm glad that many people don't message me about this show. Dude, it can so be... So thank you. It can be trying. <laughs> but I, get I usually these... get like two or three guys that'll talk to me after a show. Yeah, and... lucky you. I, I'm at work yeah. and my phone's just going, especially on a Monday, it's going ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got an opinion after they hear ours. But they all had... What I found interesting on it were they all had two constant names on it that on the list I I gave you personally mm-hmm. outside of this podcast and then they all had their own theories so some funky's going on <laughs> I I don't know and friendships were lost and all that stuff but it's like dude it's I, I didn't use any names. Right. It, it, yeah, because we, you know, we think we know, but we're not 100% positive because we haven't gone in and looked at these people's stuff. And Right. You know, if I did use names, that is the type of stuff that could bring litigation. For sure. Somebody asked me, so somebody asked for the list. They go, well, just tell me, is it Brian Bowman? I go, if it was Brian Bowman, I would have said the name on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I thought that was a funny one. But yeah, you, don't be so butthurt, people. We're not calling you out personally, and we're not going to do that. So unless just I quit, just quit cheating, you cheaters. Yeah, unless I catch you. Then if I catch you, I, I'll call you out in every way, shape, or form possible. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's totally different. Yeah, exactly. But we're just we're just throwing stuff around. We're having fun. Yeah. Slinging slinging mud. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sorry that you have to keep apologizing for the the stuff that we talk about, or people you know might expect one. I only I, apo- I, I wouldn't imagine they're gonna get one. But oh yeah, no. I only talked to one person who wanted an apology, and I'm like, well, don't use any names. But all the other people, they didn't want an apology. They a 
wanted the list or B wanted to give me their list. I got a little bit of that too. And I'm fine with people giving me their opinions on it. But if I didn't say it on the show, why do you think I'm going to say it to you? Right. Right. Over right. an internet message. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm friendly acquaintances with a lot of these people, but not friends. Yeah, for sure. You know, I am, I'm the same way with a lot of these people, but I am also friends with a lot of these people. And when I have to tell a friend, like, sorry, bud, I'm not going to give it to you, that kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah. And that kind of shows what level of friendship you're on, too. Like, you know, there's there's one fella that I'm pretty close with, and I, I trust that kind of information with. But outside of that, yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to give you my dirty laundry so you can – that stuff always comes back to bite you, right? Right, right, for sure. Oh, don't tell don't tell anybody. Yeah, and mine wasn't really a don't tell anybody situation, but it was. It was kind of implied. Mm-hmm. And again, that's another reason I ain't use names. Sure. But I don't know. Anyway, I think we've given enough time to it. Yeah. Just quit cheating, people. Yeah, let's freaking it's freaking stock buggy. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Dude, stock buggy. I get, I hate to say it, but I bet it's gonna be at the Ifmar Worlds in a few years. Shut your mouth. Two to four more years. You'll see. I will, Dude, I will they used to have stock quit watching back in the, the worlds. They used to have stock back in the day. That see a lot of people don't know. I believe that's what Jay Halsey's world championship is in. That would that would drive me nuts a little bit. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna celebrate the quote unquote fastest stock driver in the world. Dude, the tech guys would lose their shit. World quote unquote world's level stock guys having to go through tech. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be ridiculous. How often do you think Ernie would step on his dick there? Well, a specific, uh, I'm not going to say the specific race, because it, it was last year. It was an on-road race. He had a driver or two go up to tech with a handful of motors, literally 20 motors. Two of them were legal. Wow. Yeah. That's how much you're trying to push the envelope at big races. But, but. That's not just Ernie. Let, let's be fair about this. That's not just Ernie. That's the Phantom guys. That's the R1 guys. When it's a big on-road race, they're putting they're putting up handfuls of motors. Yeah, that's major racing on almost every scale. You know that you don't hear it as much these days, but back in the day, the saying went: "If you're not cheating, you're not winning." Right. You know NASCAR, they they do a lot wrong. But what they do right is if you don't come to the track in spec, you're going to get big penalties. We're not going to check this for you. Like your motor better be no larger than 358 cubic inches. Your car better fit in the cage of death. If any of that misses, you're either going something as simple as back of the field or you're getting fined hundreds of thousands of dollars and people are getting suspended depending on how blatant it is. Right. There is no, oh, go back to the end of the line and try again. No, you're getting penalized. Kind of like that, but 
Anyways, let's start some more shit. What do you got? I got a lot of Yokomo news this week. Yeah, what's going on there? So, the one one for sure thing is Masami left Yokomo after 30 years. Did he leave? I don't... He's such a nice dude. I guarantee if he was fired, he wouldn't say it. But it's not only Yoko, it's not only him. So I heard, I've heard, no, this is unconfirmed. I've heard Cav is out at Yokomo. Interesting. I don't know if it's related. I, I, I'm To ha- Masami leaving? I'm thinking it's financial. Because um, Yokomo, there, there's a three-way triangle financially in ownership between Masami, the Yadabi Arena, and Yokomo. <clears throat> so there's three-way there. So Masami leaving Yokomo or getting fired from Yokomo also tells me Yadabi Arena in Japan is in trouble. The place where I said, if you were to win the lottery, that would be what you build. Um, they've been racing. They held the worlds back. They've held the worlds there a few times, actually. Shit. Since the 90s, they've been holding big races. Or they could be unrelated. Masami left or quit or retired to go do his own thing. And Cav just got dropped because C-Main at the Worlds, at what he's getting paid, is unacceptable. That could be, too. What do you hmm. think? Yeah, where does he go from there? I guess the, the, the thing I'm most curious about is, is Cavalieri. Um, you know, as far as what's going on with Yokomo, I have absolutely no insight into that and nothing really to add there but um yeah i don't know what's what's going on with cav does he care does he not care is he is he just barely hanging on you know is he got one foot out the door looking for his next thing i think he's got one foot out the door for sure yeah well what is that next thing do you think he's Real estate. You think it, do you think it would it would be real estate real estate like every other retired rc racer real estate <laughs> okay. Tebow's got his license for when he's on his way out too. I mean, what else is he gonna do? I don't know. It, you wouldn't think it would be be something um, in the industry because he's he's not really that personable. No. It, well, I I shouldn't say it's only real estate. Like I've seen real estate. I've seen car salesmen. I've seen, you know. Nothing really to where you're going to get your hands dirty. Maybe Mayfield, when he um, when he quits or retires, Mayfield, um, before he was a pro RC racer, worked at a tire shop. So maybe Mayfield would get his hands dirty again when he's done. I'm kind of wondering if they were smart. He's, surround- he's surrounded by so many smart people, I think, that... I think guys like like Jason and you know other people that support Ryan are going to figure out something good for him to do I afterwards. W- I wonder so I I know some of these pro racers 
are smart enough to have retirement funds, but you see the way some of them spend, you're like, geez, are they really saving that much money? Right. I mean, I know I shouldn't be worried for those guys. I don't know them. They're not my friends. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be worried for them, but I kind of am. You like to see guys like like Spencer that's you know he's not he's not a little little kid no. anymore but he's still he he travels all over the place so and he doesn't have a family so why would you need your own home so he's staying at home mom's probably still washing clothes and cooking good meals and he's saving hopefully a, a bunch of this money that's coming in think of all maybe the... he's even maybe he's even able to help his family if they need it too right think of all the contingency money Spencer's got coming his way Right. Man, that's... Ooh. Seems like a smart kid. He's he's not my favorite racer by any means, but... Right. Right, right. Seems like he's doing it right. Sure. So, yeah, I don't know. Yokomo, it, it seems like they might be in trouble, which would be... Well, that would be unfortunate. I mean, they go back to, you know, the very beginnings of off-road almost, right? Pretty close. Right. Um, yeah, you want RC companies to always get a bigger piece of the pie, but you want them to get a bigger piece of the pie because of growth. You don't want them to get a bigger piece of the pie because somebody went under. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what else. Oh, so did you um, take a look at Randy Pike's uh, stock class, spec stock class? I did. It's pretty wordy. It is. I There are some things I like, but there's some things. Man, people are posting this thing like it's the be-all, end-all. Bro, not even close. There are so many problems with this. Did well, let's you, hear it. Okay, I'm pulling it up because there's a huge thing. And I want to go over it all. To be like, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I disagree with that. And there it is. It's posted Thursday. Right above Dakota's, or not Dakota's, but a 22X4 video on Livers. All right, proposed box stock two-wheel drive spec rules. Three paragraphs I don't care about. Then chassis. Box stock car kits must be map priced at or below $299. This kit will be using the parts inside. This is how you're allowed to race it. I agree with half of it. Half. What in-date worthwhile kit costs $299? Right. You could get a... B6.1, a standard one for 319, and you could use that in several applications. You don't need to hop up a B6.1. So right there, there's problem number one. Dude, are you are you gonna build a buggy? And he's and he did a long, long, long wordy Facebook post about, well, we need to talk to manufacturers. No. You you need to use what the hell is out there. That's what you need to do. Right. So, anyways, motor. I agree with this. Any spec twenty-one point five 
motor will be allowed. At or under $99, the motor must be equipped with non-adjustable timing board. I like that rule right there. It's my most favorite rule. When brushless motors came around, they opened up the Pandora's box of adjusting timing, and I hate it. I really do. Um, back in the day, stock and 19 turn, which was super stock, the timing was locked. It was what it was, and that's the way it should be, in my opinion. Sure. What do you think about it? Um, God, it, it, it'd be a, a very large undertaking to get this thing swept across the country. Um, what I guess I like the... I like the idea of it. I like it in theory. I mean, we've we've talked before about how we like the idea of the yeah. the spec buggy class that that Chris Martin was going to try to get going at right. the five ten raceway. Um, There's as far as as far as this one specifically, uh, you must use a charger that charges no higher than eighty watts. That pisses and me a map, off. Map price below ninety bucks. Okay, that well, pisses you, you me. just you just told. 90% of us racers that we can't race that class with our charger. Take no. away that. Take away that. Whatever. It might not be for us. Whatever. You're telling, let's say let's say this class is for new racers. New uneducated racers. And you're going to put a pile of garbage $90 charger in their pits and in their home. Those are the chargers that will burn down your damn house. Right. And you're telling people to put them in their house, put them in their pits, put them in their car. You crossed a line there. That is 100% wrong. Get your head out of your ass on that one. That one actually makes me mad. Because, you know, the other stuff isn't a safety issue. This is a safety issue. Right. But yeah, fixed fixed timing, you know, fixed can timing, um, uh, ESC, you know, yeah. under one hundred and fifty bucks, battery under eighty. I love that kind of stuff. That's stuff that yeah. you'll you'll obviously have to adjust over the years going forward. Right, and you can get a but, safe, good, safe battery for under eighty bucks. Yep, and for sure, you know, it's to, it's totally legitimate that people can build a stock buggy for $700. Yes. It's it's not going to be as fast as a stock buggy that you spend $1000 on though. So, yeah, I love this idea. I I I just like how are how is anybody going to implement it? Yeah. You know, because as soon as you pick the motor, that motor's out of stock. Right. For who knows how long. Well, I think you, I think that's why he said any roar fix 21.5 and not just one kind so you can use a hobby wing you can use a trinity i believe there's another one or two out there i think there's a reedy yep yep so you you could grab a motor and one will be faster than the other but it won't be so so huge in comparison to let's say Let's say I have a, I was talking to a buddy today who bought a lot of RC stuff. And there were a bunch of Reedy Sonic 317.5s. 
I go, you might as well sell them. They're not competitive. This is what you want. And if you put up a Reedy Sonic against a new whatever brush, the best of the best brushless motor, the best of the best is going to blow that out of the water. But let's say a Trinity with locked timing is not going to blow out a hobby wing out of the water. It might be a little faster, but it's not going to be life or death. Sure. So, anyways, yeah, I, I, I like the idea. Just think more, man. I like that it's going to be a pretty slow class. Yes. You know, it, it is kind of similar to Chris's. Chris went other ways with it. He did spec tires, which I don't hate. I hate the front tire he decided on, but I love the rear. What were the spec tires that he went with? Positrons all the way around. Oh, okay. Some people like front positrons. I do. I don't. What do you not like about them? It made my buggy personally twitchy and very inconsistent in steering to where the electrons just smoothen everything out. Oh, okay. Same compound, same clay compound. Sure. I think that might be a difference between the the low C 4.0 and the B6.1 because like I needed positrons on the front of mine to get all of the steering that right. I was looking for. For sure, for sure. And, and right there, that's a good characteristic. A low Z might push a little more. In. Right. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think they're kind of notorious for that, right? They've been notorious um, for that since the 90s, but it, if you ever get a chance to drive a pro's car, it's going to be one of two things. It's going to push like mad, like crazy. Try John Wheat's 12 scale. It doesn't steer. Or it's going to be the twitchiest, most uncontrollable thing you've ever driven. Right. So that's generally the case. When I drive somebody else's car, I usually have a hard time with it because it has too much steering. Yeah. Like my mini truggy for you. That is a little too much for you. Yeah. Yeah. It would have taken some time to get used to it for sure. But yeah. obviously it, like if I had, if I drove a car like that for a while and got comfortable with it, you would think that I would be able to pick up speed in the, in the turns. But I had, my style is to kind of go for overall consistency and just repeatability. Yep. And that's what I'm shooting for. But anyway, I, I like that a little bit of insight on the 6.1 though, because maybe I should rethink what I'm going to do for tires. Cause I haven't bought tires for my two wheel drive buggy yet. It's actually turning around looking at it. It is still sitting on my desk naked with no electronics in it. So I'm curious about the new, uh, J-Con clay compounds. Yeah, he's got some stuff that's a little bit softer than gold, right? Yeah, silver. So, yeah, I'm curious about that. I'm sure I'm sure I can get information from Kyle Holmberg. Yeah, I am not looking to rip through tires any faster than I already do. Oh, right. No, you're right about that. And when I go to a, a trophy race with, you know, two or three rounds of qualifying and I'm using liquid wrench the whole time. Uh, I can get another race weekend out of them yep. after that, but they're not optimal. Right. I, I use the better part of them just in that one race day. Well, I've told everybody on here what I do for my tires. I wear them out at the 510, and then I wear them down to the foam at the toy box. Yeah. Yep. 
it's almost a financial necessity for me to go to both so I can get the optimal out of my tires all the way through. Sure. So, yeah, there, um, almost all the racing this weekend was canceled. I'm bummed. Yeah. Well, there's a little bit going on. Like, uh, your dad is senior is up at Thunder Road racing right now. Let's, let's check in on him. I, I tried, and that's why his phone's off. I've been trying to give him a call because, uh, we're going to do brakes on my car and then go watch a fight. So he'll probably, okay. let me know where they're at. Cause it's, uh, two thirty now. So yeah, they, uh, I think they're all the way through qualifying. Nice. Um, senior is sitting seventh. Cool. Um, some fast guys showed up today. Seth Van Dalen, Kyle Holmberg, Alejandro Vegas, Torat, Chris Maluli. So that's awesome. Those guys will be battling it out. Um, even 13 5 four wheel drive buggy um, has some players in it. Sean is there racing. Uh, again, Chris Maluli, Kyle Holmberg, Brian Bowman, uh, Seth Van Dalen. Cool. Yep. Anyway, so that's that's going on right now. So we don't have any final results for that, but um, as is usually the case, Seth is setting the pace right now. He's fastest after qualifying. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah, it's. I might make it there and race once or twice this winter. We'll see. Cool. I might. I gotta it's, get it's, it. It's such a nice facility. If I. I, you know, I might talk shit about him here and there, but it is a nice facility, and I'm willing to give him a shot. But also, I need a carpet vehicle. Sure. What I'm, are you going to do about that? I don't know, man. I'm so... I'm not broke, but my RC budget is nothing right now. Sure. I, I'm trying to get announcing gigs, and then the flipping race gets rained out. <laughs> yeah. That's true, but you want to go racing next weekend more than you want to go work. So, yeah, I do. I really do. Uh, I want to drive the. I really want to try the mini truggy with the setup I have in it right now at the five ten. Sure. So it's going to be a really fresh track, though. Right. So that's I, why I, I want to try. I wouldn't this. get too hung up on how it's working. That's why I want to put the. That's why I want to try it with this setup because it's a loose dirt setup. Sure. Um, I was gonna say Adam Drake posted a video about how he ran his servos. Okay. Yeah. What did you think about that? I, I didn't care about the video. I was gonna say, did you see the transponder? <laughs> is, is that the only reason you wanted me to look at that? Yeah. Yep. Uh, right when I clicked on that video, I was immediately <laughs> disgusted. <laughs> still works. Still, still works, and you can still get seventy-five bucks for it on RC Tech for sure. <laughs> I, whatever, guys. I don't know. I, I just I, thought it was funny. No, I get good, it. Good for him. Good for him for making it work for that long. Because I've had, I've had transponders that that have failed already. So. Dude, my A and B I've ones. Only, I've only been racing for six years now. Yeah, my A and B ones are great. At the uh, Nitro Series, the I had one go on me. Not go, yeah. go, but it just stopped counting laps the same way. Sure. It missed a few, all that crap. It, it, it was frustrating. Yeah, I had a two-wire take a dump um, 
last year or the year before. I was obviously pretty disappointed in that because it's like you think, okay, I'm going to that's fine. I'm going to spend this $115 or whatever, but then this thing's going to last me, you know, a decade or more or whatever. So when it only lasts a few years, that kind of bums you out, but it, it does. And mine's seniors going to try to fix it because it's, um, the special white one. So anyways, yep. Stupid old transponder. Uh, Don't I don't feel bad for anybody that, they become obsolete on. I know. I'm. I don't like it, but I do like it. Shamrock setup. The infrared. You can get uh, transponders for like twenty bucks. Sure. I don't know. It's. But the problem with that is you have to be able to see the LED through the windshield of the car. Right. Yeah. Everything's got to be perfect. Not perf, pretty close. I mean, it's not. I thought it was going to be super sensitive. Sure, but what it, I what I mean by that is, um, like, say with the Mylaps transponder, if your double sided tape gives way and your transponder's bouncing around, you're still going to get your laps, right? Which isn't the case with IR. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, let's see what else do. I, oh crap drop my phone while I was trying to pet the cat and look at notes at the same time. And then I'm getting tons of texts from the wife. There's a lot of uh, racing next week. Oh god. My volume the volume keeps cranking. Sorry guys, I'm trying to keep ahead of it and the volume just cranked and uh, peaked on them. <laughs> That's interesting. I'm not really getting no, any kind not, of variance on my end. You're not going to hear it. I'm watching okay. it on the board. I mean, not on the board, but on the recording program. It, it's dumb, and I gotta figure it out. But I, I know what it's doing. I don't know why it's doing it. Um, yeah, there, there is a lot of racing next weekend. Yeah, what? It, uh, what are you talking about? Well, what, what's all going on? I know, I know that the five ten is is planning to open their season, but what? Did, what do you? What else you got? You got the Shamrock season closer. Oh, uh, okay. You have Chill on the Hill, if you so choose. There is a ton of racing. And what if Ricks gets rained out right there? You could have Ricks, too. Yeah, that is, that's a lot. I think they're going to try tomorrow. Man, if, it's, <laughs> I, I guess it's, I mean, it's nice and sandy over there. So hopefully it could recover in time. But man, it's. It's been wet for so long. I am like, looking forward to hear the words drought. <laughs> well, yeah. Good luck. Dude, it's it's been rough, especially this year. It's it's always been rough. This, this is the worst fall that I can remember in the last decade, and the reason that I know that for positive is because uh, my outdoor hobbies are so dependent on the weather at the bike park. Yep. With the with the BMX jumping and stuff, right? This is by far the worst fall we've ever had in the history of the Cottage Grove Bike Park. So, I haven't been able to get on my bike and do cardio in the past week and a half. Right. A after I wiped out earlier this year, I'm not going to hit the trails when they're wet. Sure, and we've got some overlap between seasons too because there's still an eighth scale race to go. Yes, 
the weekend of October 19th will be the final MNRC race. Up at the Dome. At the Dome. That one's So guaranteed. you know you're getting that one in. Are you racing that? Yeah. Cool. Yep, yep. And then um, I'm going to figure things out with the A-scale. I'm going to talk to the committee. I don't know. I what about it? I don't know if they're going to be receptive to what we talked about last week. Even though, so, you know, how Rem- last remind week. Remind me. Um, how it'd be cool if it was like FTR, like practice Friday, race Saturday, and be done. Oh, right, right. And then have Sunday for a rain makeup. Yep. I think more racers than not would like. Th- I got PMs. So all those people that gave me their lists of whatever, they also said, we love the idea of what you just said for the MNRC. Right. I I don't think it's a terrible thing. That would, I think that would, I'm going to stay in the Nitro series in one way or another, but that would for sure keep me just have, Friday practice, Saturday race, go home type thing. I would I would start thinking real hard for myself about how to get a nitro program going again. A lot of people would. I have a car here that it I'll hold on to you for I'll just give you the roller. <laughs> I mean, shoot, it's MBX8. I finally figured it out and just haven't raced it in a year. I don't know. I think I might be an AE guy now. You never know. Yeah, you might be, huh? So, yeah. But, yeah, there's a lot of racing next weekend, though. Um, Did you see the flashback Friday video on Live RC? Of the first Roar? What was it, the first Roar National? Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, super cool. All hand-built cars. What I did... So I clicked that link, I watched the video, and then I scrolled down for some YouTube comments. Yep. And that same guy, um, I forget his name right now, but the the original founder and president of Roar, right. a couple years after that video, he put out a book called, um, it was something like uh, Motor Motor Car Racing Radio Controlled, something like that. Yeah. Um, just an outline of you know, basically the new sport that was popping up. You know what's and, uh, funny? So I'm looking for. I went. I went ahead and bought one of those, and I'm looking forward to browsing through that just to learn more about how all this stuff we get to do got well, started. Was it a book released in like the 70s or 80s? Yeah, 72. I used to check that out from the elementary school library <laughs> when I was like in the first second grade. Oh man, some of you guys are so hardcore. It's so cool to me that RC is so new that I know people that, you know, have memories of almost the very beginning. You know what I mean? There are guys that, man, it sucks that they're, this is a harsh way to say it, but it sucks that they're dying off. Right. There were guys that raced the Heart of America when I was racing the Heart of America who were in it when the heart started in 1971. <laughs> And they're telling me about cars and motors and what they had to do and all that and how much sure. of a nightmare it was back then. 
imagine the nightmare it would be to run a nitro motor and that I bet you they're using airplane motors. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Since it was a hand-built car, I obviously didn't think that they just pulled a a tiny nitro motor out of their ass. So so model airplane, RC model airplane stuff was going on already at uh, that time then? I want to say I want to say tether planes. So tether planes were the same basic thing as an RC plane. And I think they were tether planes until the 50s. And I want to say okay. in the 50s was the first RC. Because planes were around long, long, long before cars. Sure. So, yeah, it, RC planes have been around since at least the 50s. So, yeah, model car racing by radio control shows the very beginnings of RC cars and RC car racing must have for any RC car enthusiast and anyone else interested in the history of RC car racing. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to take a look at that. Sure, sure. Yeah, I got a couple more things here. So, I have a buddy who received, he bought a lot of stuff from a former sponsored guy. He bought stuff from a former sponsor guy that that sponsor guy received for free. What are your thoughts on selling stuff that you got for free? No longer. Uh, under what contract. are we talking about here? So let's say you have a hundred percent deal with a company. Yep. And you have a ton of stuff. And yeah. you got it for free. But then after your contract's up, you turn around and sell it. Sure. So my back, my background in racing, um, when I was racing for Articat, I would get snowmobiles at discounted rates, and then I'd right. have a parts allowance. Yes. And that parts allowance was basically a check that they forwarded to the dealer of my choice, and that's where I went and got parts. Okay. So, I'd rack up, rack up all these parts and stuff throughout the years, and yeah, at at the end of my contract, or not necessarily the contract, I wouldn't liquidate all my parts every year. But when I was done racing, when I finally hung it up, I had no issues selling that stuff off and making money off of it because I felt that I earned that through my sponsorship. Okay. Um, now, would sledge. I just t- would I just take a, a brand new kit or something like that and turn around and sell it while I'm still contracted? Absolutely not. Yep. Um, would I take used tires and try to sell them? No, probably not. But um, yeah, I don't have a I don't have an issue with with major components being sold off. Um, yeah, after your contract has expired. Yeah. That doesn't bother me one bit. What it? How do you feel about it? I have mixed feelings. Well, well, tell me about so it. So I kind of thought about your way. Like, let's say you're a discounted. Let's say you bought your sleds at a discount. Sure, sell them because you still paid money for them. Right, but I now I made money, so I I got them at such a discounted rate that I could turn around at the end of the year, sell them for a, a very cheap price compared to the retail price right. and still make a couple grand on them. 
Oh wow. Yeah, no, that's still still though. Um But even even though Joe, even if I got those for free, um, at least in the snowmobile world and and then when I was, you know, working all those years for Fox and sponsoring guys, it was well known that after the season was over, my guys were selling off their shocks. Okay. I'd, I'd talk to them and try to get them to keep as many around just to, for a rainy day type yep. thing. Like, hey, don't sell all your shit because maybe next season, maybe we have a production issue and I can't get you all of your shocks to you in time to start the season. You know, so you, right. you keep a safety net. But it was kind of part of the sponsorship where, you know, I'd, I'd offer, let's say, my, my top ATV rider, he would usually get um, a season-end bonus if he won the, the ATV National Championship. He'd get 5000 bucks, right? Yep. And that's not very much. He'd, he had tire deals where tire companies were paying him eighty grand wow. for a season. But tires are pretty cheap. Yep. And every set of shocks that I gave that guy were worth a few thousand dollars. Yep. And at the end of the season, he was able to turn around and make more money kind of adding to his sponsorship total for the year. And okay. th that's how I look at it. I got you. See, that's also why I ask because uh, you sponsored people. Right. And that's why I wanted to know your feeling. So if they totally depleted everything, yep. like say I gave this guy four sets of shocks. Right. And he turns around and sells all four of them at the end of the year and then he's like hammering on me and bitching like, Hey, when's the new stuff coming? When's the new stuff coming? It's like, well, I told you to keep something. Right. So sure. I don't feel bad for you. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I don't, it's just, yeah, I, I, I feel, I feel like it's okay. Cause he's no longer sponsored, but it's just stuff new in box. That type of thing. It wasn't... There was some used stuff and there was some brand new stuff. But, yeah, I, I was just wondering what your thoughts on that were. Yeah, and I, I can see both sides of it. But what I also... What wouldn't make sense to me either is just, like, turning around and giving stuff away. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because, I mean, that doesn't... It doesn't, you know, stimulate any money changing hands at the local level or anything like that. And yeah, so that makes sense. I would say the only thing that I, I wished guys, um, would be a little looser with is their tires. Yes. When they're, when they're done with them. And, but I know a lot of the, the kids that I'm closer to, they sell their stuff extremely reasonably. Like I got my 6.1 from Kyle and it was very, very fair. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got mine from a discounted driver, new in box for a very fair price. Yeah. But that's, Love that. Yeah, me too, for sure. Um, one more thing, and then we can get to questions because it's a light week without the results, even yeah. though we've been talking for almost an hour. Um, MRO Racing is doing crowdfunding to put a car in production. Would you ever trust a car that was produced from other people's money? <laughs> Hell no. I, but I, I don't know if I'm just an old man and I don't 
really understand the crowdfunding thing. I You're personally, I don't want that vehicle enough to to take that gamble. Dude, that's a big gamble. Um, what are they asking for from the crowdfunders? It hasn't launched yet. Okay. They said they're on the eve of their Kickstarter. They've got, you know, obviously they don't have any actual features, but what they're what they're planning to do, it it sounds really cool. It does, but man, you just So let's say they get enough to produce 200 kits. And then they get enough to produce X amount of parts. And then they just mismanage everything because they ain't know how to start a business in the first place yep and then what do you do when it's time for a arms or that special special universal axle they have or this or that yeah that it scares me it's yeah it's a huge risk but um if if they're able to do something and they're able to at least like put a prototype out there or maybe even get a little further um if they don't make it Somebody else can pounce on that technology potentially. Well, that's how um, Durango happened. Well, kind of. So Durango back in the day, like in the early two thousands, was around with their own vehicle, but their last line of vehicles was derived. Their last four wheeler, I should say, was came off of a Serpent prototype that Andrew Mowry had hanging on his wall forever. Hmm. Andrew Mowry in the first MMR, when they were in Golden Valley, I believe, he had a serpent prototype because Andrew used to sell the hell out of everything serpent until, you know, they went financially belly up for the umpteenth time and screwed us all. Okay. But, um... Yeah, he had the the sweet serpent prototype hanging on the wall, and then they sold the design to Durango, and then Durango became mainstream, kind sure. of. But yeah, you're right; that happens a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, if they're able to, I, there's a lot of the conceptual stuff in there that is, it sounds really cool. Right, it does, but man, yeah. That company's, I don't foresee it lasting a long time, but you never know. You never know. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Yeah, but you <laughs> beg for them. You beg let's for talk, those shots. Let's talk about something that we do know. So uh, the only real results that I have for anybody locally is uh, MMR, Yep. as usual, raced on Friday night. And somebody not named Emery Starkweather won the slash class. Who's that? So Nick Hurley. Nice. Wins that. Tom Wenzel finishes second. Jason Kratz. Good job, in third guys. spot. So Emery elected not to race slash. Good for him. Last night. Uh, stock truck A main. There was five of them. Uh, Evan Banta takes the win over Emery. Emery is a staple in that. Stock truck class there, which isn't really stock. I don't know why they call it stock. They allow timing. Yeah, and which makes it super fun. It does. Um, I had a blast when I still had a stadium truck in that class at that track. So Emery finishes second. Mike Dolan in third. Cool. 
stock buggy A main. That's kind of the the main event of MMR, and it, it was pretty much a locals. Um, all the regulars were in the top slots um, last night. Evan Banta takes the win. Dwayne Fisher second, and Andrew Mowry third. Okay. And then we still got open short course. This is a new name to me. Uh, winner Carl Brogger. Haven't heard of him. Second place James Dolan. So this Carl guy is obviously a decent driver because oh, yeah. James is pretty good. Yep. And Chris Merch finishes up third. Awesome. And then MMR, they have uh, what do they call it? The Bone Crusher. Yeah. Coming up. You ever been to that? race maybe once i know senior has it's on road right yeah i like that andrew gets so dude into he is andrew his on road races andrew is mr halloween <laughs> oh is that what it is he loves that's the thing that he loves about it that's his most he, well he he loves the on road well he loves the big races he puts on yeah he, he works his ass off on putting on a good show Right. Unique trophies. Like, did you see the trophies for the Bone Crusher? Oh, they're horrifying. They're creepy, but they're awesome. So cool. Yep. Big, huge applause to Andrew for all that stuff that he does. Really cool. When I I believe the Bone Crusher is the final MNRC race, so I won't be there. But there there aren't many people that go from the Nitro Series to On Road. Yep. So it's like, yeah. You know, you got to do it, and you got to do it before Halloween, and you have to do it before that big J-Con race. Sure. So I believe it's that, but you know what? If you're in town, I recommend go. I I would kill for one of those dolls. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, hey, speaking of that J-Con race, I, I forget. Did I ask you, are you are you planning to go to that? Yeah, you know, a lot of people have been asking me that. And my biggest answer is no, because it's Joe Three's birthday. Oh, yeah. And, and he does not want to race. Well, he doesn't yeah. want to go to a big race. I might talk him into racing at the toy box. Okay. Well, there you have it. Um, I heard a little rumor that Yuna might be making that race. Dude, there should be so many big drivers at that race that, like, I I was half expecting, like, Spencer and Mayfield and all those guys, but I guess they're not going to do it. Really? I don't think they are. I'd be surprised if not one of them shows up, There's a couple of, I want to say, not quite A-level pros showing up. I wonder if the Champlins will be there, because, I mean, they're hot rods on carpet. I think the Champlins are showing up. And there was a, for, I want to say for sure, Champlin showing up. Right. There was another couple names. Well, those dudes are wicked fast. So oh yeah. That that's gonna be really cool. That's for gonna sure. be an awesome weekend. For sure, it it will be. But, and again, Joe Three's birthday can't do it. Sure. Anyways, so let's get into questions. All right. All right. Matthew Housen of the MBM podcast, the NTSR podcast. MBM should be coming back. It should have been coming back in August, Matthew. What are NTSR, what is that? Tim Smith Speed Shop RC podcast. Oh, okay. I, I thought I heard you put an N in there. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't know what the hell that meant. I'm, gotcha. I'm a little bit of a mush mouth. I got popped in the mouth a few times today. 
It's actually okay. it's actually kind of starting to swell the more I've been talking. <laughs> so he goes, what motivates you daily? Well, what motivates me daily is I'm not motivated daily. I do different things every single day. I I literally went downstairs to set up my the podcast equipment because I set it up in my pit spot where I wrench on all my RC stuff. And my podcast equipment's still set up. I ain't wrench it all last week, and I ain't, I didn't even realize it. Sure. I spent the week at the mixed martial arts gym and hanging out with the kids. But, I mean, what motivates me daily is because I take my time with things and not burn myself out. What motivates you daily? Is it, you think he is, means like directly towards RC? I don't know. Um, so I'll just go that way anyway. I I literally have no motivation towards RC right now. So it's, um, and then, you know, there's there's a few reasons for that, and I'm not really willing to talk about it on the podcast. Right. But uh, generally, we are coming up on my favorite season of the year. Um, I love indoor 10th scale clay racing. I kind of made a commitment to it when I got rid of my eighth scale stuff and decided that I wasn't really going to try to race in the summer anymore. Um, yeah. What motivates me daily? Um, I don't know. I, I'll get the bug eventually. I don't know when it's going to come. Maybe. I don't know if I, if I should just sit down and force myself to, to slap electronics in that B6.1 and maybe that'll be enough to to kick the fires and or how does it go kick the tires yeah. and light the fires um did he leave uh the setup he had in it originally or i can't we talked about it i i honestly can't remember i th- i think he said yeah we're we're good for 510 okay cool so cool, cool. he said you know just just run it and you know we'll change stuff from there i i don't do a whole lot of tinkering around with the car um, for the most part, if a car isn't terrible, right. I'm usually not um, too picky that, with it. That, that's the way I am. I, I put in Kyle's setup that he had in February, and I just drove the piss out of it. Sure. And it, you know, I, I wasn't planning on tinkering a lot at first just because it is a brand new to me platform. Yeah. And I've, I've been driving nothing but a low C two wheel drive since I started off road. So that, I guess that's motivation, you know, brand new, new car, new me. Yeah. Matthew um, is, uh, with associated now he's, um, done with the Yokomo stuff. Okay. Is, is he, what's he got going on? I, it's been a couple years since I listened to MBM, but what's he doing for racing lately? Um, they have, they have this tar off-road track deal by his place. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it'd be pretty. It's all he's got, so it's pretty yeah. cool. I believe they lost the carpet track, but I think he's going to be going down to Michigan to race carpet. Sure. But man, I wish he would. Like the chill on the hill would have been an awesome race for him to make it to. But did he did he end up making the whole? Uh, no prep thing stick with him and his friends or is he still been into that going okay i mean that's 
I, I I'm starting to think that for certain seasons, you race have one or two cars you work on and race and you don't do anything else or think about anything else. That type of deal. But, right. Because if you have eight cars sitting on your bench that do eight different things, it's too overwhelming in my opinion. Yeah. And I, I feel a little overwhelmed too because I've got four cars for winter season only. Well, you know, I've, I've got my two 12th scales and then two off-road vehicles and yeah. I don't go racing all that often. So I'm, I'm kind of, you know, seesawing back and forth between what I want to do, but I, I made the commitment to own some on-road stuff just because Dollar Hobbies is so close to me. Right, right. You but, know, they're the reason I might want to do a, build a carpet car just for them too. Sure. Um, but yeah, let's see here. Keeping mini truggy going too. Yes. That motivates us. Got to keep mini truggy going. You know, though, I love it and I am going to keep racing it. It might not need us anymore. Locally, you mean? Locally, yes. Nationally, I think it, it's already, it's already starting to hurt it a little bit. But I, th- I think we're super strong locally. Yes. Yep. I, th- I think the Toy Box and 510 have the potential to both be strong. With Ben that. getting one, that's going to be huge. Sure. For sh- for the Toy Box crowd, that is. Yep. Uh, Rex Welch. Could you do a rundown of all local tracks weekly schedules for the winter? <laughs> right. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of work, Rex. That's um I can say the toy box races almost every Saturday. Yeah, pretty much except for their odd, you know, crawler event once a month or right. whatever. So you're looking at three to four Saturdays out of the month. I don't uh, know if Rex has Wednesday, ever been to Wednesdays the are super popular. Yes. At the toy box. They're a lot of fun. I don't know if Rex has ever been to the toy box. I think he might like it. I've never seen him there. And, well, I, I don't think we saw him at any 10th scale clay races last year, did we? Not last year, but I'm pretty sure he's been to the 510 a few times. Oh, yeah, more than a few. Yep. But we, we used to see him and Kendall there quite a bit. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure T's schedule. I know he's a T's guy. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, they do Thursday nights. Yep. And then Saturday is also kind of an afternoon slash evening program for them. Okay. Yep. Oh, T's is awesome. I I can't say enough good things about that. That is the type of oval racing that I'm into. Yeah, that's where uh, Tony Swenson races in the winter. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I did, when did he pick that up? I think he picked it up during the summer. I believe his boy races street stock. Okay, cool. But I think he does Thursdays because I think he doesn't exactly like the way the Saturday deal is with his kids. Okay. But yeah. Yeah, it, go, it goes pretty late. Yeah. Some that Saturdays is wrong. there. So. Um, also, the hobby farm, they're going to... Like I said last week, I don't think Gary... Gary expected the kind of crowd he's going to get this winter. Yeah, well, he's yeah he's had exponential growth every season. Right, I think he's so, going to be happy about it. 
Yeah, people love what's going on there. So yeah, you've got Hobby Farm on Saturdays. Obviously, um, MMR basically every Friday night. They've got they do on their off-road thing going on. Yeah. They've yeah. got is it every other Wednesday for on road or is it every Wednesday? I want to say he does every Wednesday and every other Sunday. Okay. Uh, what else do we got? Thunder Road over there in St. Cloud, Minnesota. They're racing club racing on Saturdays. Yep. Yeah, five ten. They race Saturdays. They have their monthly trophy race. Their first one is next week. Yeah. I'm kind of excited. You know, I might go to a Hobbyplex race this winter for Nitro. Cool. I've been hearing that out of a few people. I, I've done entire seasons down there. It's just a lot of money to do an entire season. For sure. So, let's see here. We got one from Paul Van D. Wiley. I think I got that right. This may not be the case at all tracks. I have tried getting my kids involved at our local track, but behavior at the track can be sketchy at times. <laughs> Bongs, joints, vaping, and foul language have been deterrents for my family. I have heard this from others as well. I still enjoy the hobby, but vaping under the driver's stand is stupid. For me, vaping and smoking are the same. I'd rather smell nitros. Well, I'll tell you this. Even if you don't see it, in which most people don't, most people are more polite. There is pot smoking at every RC track around the country. In history. <laughs> every single race day and every, every single day that track is open, there is pot smoking. <laughs> no doubt. But most people don't do it in public. Yep. I mean, if a guy's doing it in his car and he happened to walk by... That's something you gotta let go, but if somebody's doing it in the pits, you gotta say something. Yeah, I I don't I I can't honestly say I've ever seen physically somebody doing it in the pits or in the um, underneath the driver's stand. I I think what the vaping he's talking about just vaping itself. Yep, that's annoying. I'd I would. I would want people to. I hate it. Res- respect that area. You know so. that that's when I do do cannabis, I vape it. And that being said, I hate vaping. <laughs> I really do. It, yeah. It's just just because it smells like fruity pebbles doesn't mean you should do it inside. Right. And it shouldn't be allowed inside. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that is something track owners need to do. And, and if it if it is outside, if you're talking an outdoor track, I mean, sorry, man. Um, there's real. That's why when I smoke cigarettes, that's why I loved outdoor tracks so much, is because I could smoke in Marshall or smoke in my pits or smoke and do this or that. Sure. Um. As for the fall language, then again, that's every track. You're going to hear it. It's, your kids might not be old enough to hear F-bombs yet. Yeah. You might watch your mouth. I don't watch my mouth around my kids. I used to. But it's like, they're going to hear you anyways. They are. Uh, why, why try to be something else? 
and yeah, it's. I think that's a personal thing for everybody. So if you're if you're unhappy about it, you know, maybe try to have a calm conversation with somebody. Like, hey, do you you think you can keep the language down from my little kid here? And most people are going to be mindful of that. Most people, but if they're they're like, oh yeah, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, there are a couple people that won't be, but nope. Yep, you'll run into those people too. Yeah, it it is what it is. There is. War pit in a quiet corner. But like I said, if your kids are super young, that's not cool. But, yeah. Yep. But, yeah, the pot smoke. Like I said, if they're doing it in their pits, that's ridiculous. But it's going to be done at every single RC event there is. Mm-hmm. All right. Jason Chenard, what's the best way to break in new tires? Also, what is the purpose of punching holes in the tires? What do you think the best way breaking in tires are? Uh, I don't think the way I do it is the best way. The way I do it is the most economical. So when I mount them up, um, I take whatever sauce I like for that class, sauce them up real good, toss them in a bag, and I I leave them in there for – if I built the tires ahead of time, you know, they, they might be in there for weeks. But I usually try to at least do it a day before. Right. I'm going to go use them for the race. For sure. And then I run the hell out of them in practice to get that that initial edge off. Yep. Um, I've personally, I've never had tires on my car that were burnt in. Yeah. So I've never felt the effects of that. I've never but felt it either. I would I would say that there's there's got to be a reason that the fast people do it. It's or better. The, you know, the people that can afford the the tires. It's better. Right. But, man, I will go out there and run four practice runs and be happy with them. Yep. Also, so let's say you burn off a set of tires where you've only used those foams once. Cut the carcass open. Grab those foams out and put them in brand new rubber. Foams are so much better the second sure. time around. And that's the yep. biggest thing you're breaking in on the tire is a foam. Right. Use that yeah, foam the second Yeah, I usually time. only get one additional use out of my foams. Right, you only get and one. That, that is because I actually I punch holes in the new ones. See, Senior and I were talking about that. You don't, so you can punch holes in them, but then, yeah, they're not going to be better that second time around. And what about when they do break in, they break in after four or five runs, then you got, your foams might be a little softer than what you wanted, but it's yep. all preference. It, it really is all yep. preference. And I, I checked that out before I actually glue up the tire. You know, when I, when I go use that foam for the second time, I do a dry run. You know, yep. throw it on the wheel, see how it fits. If there's too much play in there, then I toss right. it. Right, for sure. Yep, and I usually only get two uses out of a set of foam. Yep, and then the the punching the hole in, in the tires, it's uh, it's a way to relieve pressure yep. building up from the heat. I don't do it with 10-scale tires. Because really? The, the Not hole, at all? None of them. The hole's in the rim. Huh. Um, My, I guess... For me, it's maybe maybe more it's just um, a force of habit 
because you had to do it in four-wheel drive short course racing. Right, right, for sure. Um, but now I, fuck, I've I've never ran my two-wheel drive buggy with tires that didn't have holes punched in them. So have you ever mounted up a set of tires that needed the holes punched in them and then you squish them and you could feel that air build up? Yeah. You don't get that with two-wheel drive tires. Sure. Um, but, yeah, with my A-scale tires, um, for buggy, I punched two holes in them, try to separate them 180 degrees. And with truggy tires, like full-size truggy A-scale tires, you punch four holes in them. Sure. Yeah. Like you said, just to relieve that pressure so the tire can – basically so the tire's not floating on the foam almost. Right. But, yeah, I don't do it for two-wheel drive. And then since I do do it with two-wheel drive and with the 10-scale truggy class, I I puncture the sidewall. Yep. And that way the that way it's it's a lot more difficult for the sauce to get in there and ruin your foams. That end up well, this is different. Um, if you're on a track where your tires clog up from the dirt, your tires don't your holes don't get clogged if you do it on the side also. Sure. There you go. Um I think we got one more and then we're done. Jeff Choban, the guy who gave us a touring car body guide. Thoughts on tech for trophy races and club races? Well, trophy races, <laughs> I think you should check the battery voltage. I believe there's a way to put the ohm meter up on the motor before, you know, without having to take things apart. I mean, I think you should do it before the main. I do. I, I don't think you should do it all day, but have the voltage meter on and ready for people to check. Because sure. voltmeters are different. Like, the one at the Christmas Classic last year read way off than the Duluth one. I had to crank my charger way, way, way up for Duluth. Sure. So, voltmeters read different. I guess I would, I'd just like to to find a way for it to um, not take so much time. It's like maybe, and you know, this is just spitballing just off the top of my head right now, but say you tech the top three qualifiers before the main. Okay. Yep. Three guys. Right. Won't take, won't take nearly as much time as sitting there and teching eight guys or 10. You're right. It, it only takes under a minute. If you're good at teching, to let's say even check the voltage and wait, it's under a minute. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if you do the top three, I'd, I like that idea that, that there too. You got to have enough staff that's willing to do it though. Um, and, you know, it's getting more and more that, like, I barely announce races anymore because I, I just want to go to the track and race. Yeah, I only you know, know. I don't. I don't feel like running tech. So okay, right? Are you Are you gonna find somebody that's willing to do that? For sure. But I think trophy races, yes. Club races, dude. I want to say no. But now locally, we have accusations of cheating. That's tough, and cheating sure. on the motor side. But if you like, if you 
if you wanted to, it, it would be kind of neat to have a protest system, but yeah. then you got to put up money. Right. And if you're wrong, that money, you know, it either goes to the racer or it goes to the track or, you know, something like that. I think Andrew did. I think Andrew had a $30 protest deal back in the day, I want to say. I don't know sure. if it's still. But, yeah, I don't hate the protest idea. Yeah. Or there's always. Protesting is, a, I think, even more um, economical with with time and money because you got to put your money where your mouth is. Right. You can't You can't just sit there and cry for tech. Right, right. I don't know. I don't really care between the two, I, but I think, do we need to tech the whole field? Probably not, because no. we, I don't, were you at the 510 for the race where there was tech? No. Oh, it was a disaster. We were really? there all day. Oh, that's too bad. You know what? I say, run a damn mini truggy and call it good. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, open class, who really needs any tech? If you're overcooking your battery in the open class i don't really care you're just you know you're you're causing a premature end of life of your battery so So for mini truggy i actually did try charging it all the way up to the livey voltage sure oh my god that was way too punchy (laughs) okay it's not good it's really not i tried i hear you the, I would rather deal with the battery fade at the end than the punchiness in the beginning, if that sure. makes sense. Yeah. I so. used to, when I had a four-wheel drive short course once in a while, I'd throw a 3S in it just for shits and giggles. Yeah. And that, it would just scream. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, should we end this one? We are recording a day early. I kind of like it. I wish I had Saturday afternoons open more often. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, I think, you know, the more you and I do these together, we'll we'll be running into things once in a while where we can't right. record on Sunday nights, and I, I I think I'm pretty okay with it. Yeah, me too. Um, Whenever we can do it. Yeah, let's end this one here. I'm gonna go hang out with my boy for a little bit before I have to go do breaks and all that. Awesome. All right, I'm Joe Zare Jr., and with me is Ryan Greening, and we've ran out of talent.